Welcome back to the Biblical Principles Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you being a part of the podcast with us today. And that's whether you're riding down the road or or exercising or sitting with your family, wherever you're at. That's the beauty of a podcast is that you can listen to them at work. You can listen to them in the car. You can listen to them sitting on the couch. And you can glean some knowledge. A lot of times it's easier for me to listen to something than it is to try to read a book or do something constructive. And so I'm able to sit down. And during that time that I have a few minutes, I can listen and glean something from the Word of God. So, And that's what I want to talk to you today about is the Word of God, the the, the Bible. And I, I believe in the King James 1611 Bible is the Bible for English-speaking people. So if you have a King James Bible, then that's the one that I always use, and I would highly recommend that that is the Bible that you use. If you do not have a King James Bible, a lot of the verses on this podcast are not going to make any sense because they might be worded different, or they might not even be in the Bible that you have. So that being said, let's turn to the book of Psalms 119. In verse number 160, the book of Psalm 119, in verse number 160, I want to talk to you for a little bit today about the Word of God. The Bible says, Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. So the first thing that we want to notice about the Word of God is that the Word of God is truth. The Word of God is truth. It's not a lie. It's not some man-made story, but it is a a a story that was told by God to mankind. It was given to us. It was uh, within the story, there's a lot of mistakes that man makes. For example, David was a man after God's own heart. One of the greatest men in the Bible was David. But what did David do? David basically seduced a young lady and then had her husband killed. And the Word of God gives us that truth. It tells the fallacies and the shortcomings of mankind. But there's only one thing that the Word of God can do, and that's be truthful with us and with anyone else who reads it. Why? Because it's the Word of God, and it is truth. And then the book of Numbers, chapter 23, in verse number 19. The book of Numbers, chapter 23, in verse number 19. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? The word of God is guaranteed. It's guaranteed. It's got a 100% money back guarantee that if God said it, he's going to do it. If God did not say it, then it's probably not going to be done. Why? Because the Word of God is guaranteed. None of His words fall to the ground. He is able to say it and then perform it. When you think about prophecy and you think about all of those prophets that wrote all of those words years before Christ was born, and then every single word came true. Why is that? Because it's the Word of God, and it has a guarantee on it that if God said it, then it is going to come to pass. And then the book of Psalm 119 in verse number 89. The book of Psalm 119 in verse number 89. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. And then number three, the word of God is settled. 
I heard one preacher say it like this. The Word of God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Well, I'd like to make a correction to that. If the Word of God said it, whether we believe it or not, it still settles it because the Word of God is settled. And the Bible says it's settled in heaven. Before the foundation of the world, God had already, in his mind, written the Bible. The Bible is not a book that's just come, come about, but the Bible has always been in the mind of God. The Bible displays the mind of God. The mind of God is a settled mind that is displayed in the Word of God. And because of that, the Word of God is settled. It's not going to change. It's not going to bend. It's not going to break. It's not going to conform to one person. It's not like a river that you can move around. It's not like clay that you can mold. It's exactly like a rock that is just settled, and it's not going anywhere because it is the Word of God. Then the book of John, chapter number 10, in verse number 35. The book of John, chapter number 10, in verse number 35. If he called them gods unto whom the Word of God came, and the Scripture cannot be broken. The Word of God is unbreakable. It can't change. It can't conform. It can't bend to your way of thinking. It can't bend to my way of thinking. Nope. It is unbreakable. The Scriptures cannot be broken. That's why Jesus fulfilled all the prophecies in the Old Testament. Why? Because God said it, and it settled it, and what He said was going to come to pass because the Word of God is unbreakable. You can't change it. The Word of God does not conform to us. Instead, we, as a sinful man, will conform to the Word of God. If it's our desire to be saved and live for God, the Word of God that is unbreakable will begin to change us into what God would have us to be. The book of Jeremiah chapter 23 in verse number 29. The book of Jeremiah chapter 23 in verse number 29. Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces? I want to read it through one more time. The book of Jeremiah, chapter 23, and verse number 29. Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces? And then go over quickly to the book of Hebrews, chapter number 4, in verse number 12, the book of Hebrews, chapter number 4, in verse number 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. That first part of the verse, for the word of God is quick and powerful. The Word of God's got power in it. It's a very powerful book. This book, if you read it, will change your life. This book, if you read it, will conform your life to Jesus Christ. This book, if you will allow it to, will have every answer to every question you've ever asked. Why? Because it's a powerful book. It's not a book written by man, but instead, it's a book written with the very heart of God. 1 Peter chapter number 1 in verse number 23. The book of 1 Peter chapter number 1 in verse number 23. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. The word of God changes lives. It changes lives. You want to know how a man, woman, boy, or girl gets saved? 
by the Word of God. You want to know what caused me to turn from a sinful life at the age of 23 unto that of the, of the Christian life? was because a man of God took the Bible and he got up and just told me what the Bible said. The very first night I went to church, do you know what happened? The Word of God told me that I was a sinner. I never even knew that until I was 23 years old. The Word of God told me that Jesus would save me from my sins. I never knew that until I was 23 years old. And lastly, the Word of God told me I was going to hell if I didn't get saved. And I had no idea there was even a place called hell. But do you know what happened? The Word of God changed my life. And it'll change your life too. If you'll believe on it, you can be born again. And you're not born, the Bible says, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. It's a, it's a life worth living. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And the Word of God will be what changes your life. I want to give you something real quick about the Word of God before we close today. You know, just a few more scriptures, and then we'll be done. Let's go to 2 Peter chapter number 1, the book of 2 Peter chapter number 1. Of course, this is the apostle Peter talking, the one who was called to be an apostle by the Lord Jesus. He walked with Jesus day in and day out throughout his earthly ministry. I want to pick up a reading in verse number 16 of 2 Peter chapter number 1. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables. This is Peter talking. When we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. Now, of course, Peter is talking about an incident here. If you read this contextually, of course, the Bible's to be read contextually. And this is an incident here that happened in the book of Matthew, chapter number 17. The book of Matthew, chapter number 17, in verse number 1. If you could, flip over there real quick, but keep your finger on 1 Peter, chapter number 1. Let's go to the book of Matthew, chapter number 17, and we'll begin our reading in verse number 1. And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, same Peter that wrote 1 Peter, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart, and he was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, and one for Moses, and one for Elias. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud, which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. That's what Peter is talking about, the voice he heard from heaven in First Peter, or Second Peter chapter 1. Verse 6, And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were sore afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, be not afraid, it is I. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. 
Verse number nine, and as they came down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, saying, tell the vision of no man until the Son of Man be risen again from the dead. Now, what Peter is doing here in the book of Second Peter chapter one is he is telling us the story of what he saw on the mountain. Jesus has already died. Jesus has already been resurrected. So he's at liberty to tell the story. And let's go back to Second Peter chapter number one, and we're going to pick up reading in verse number 19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. What, Peter? Now, let's just look at this little bit right here for just a second. This is, this, is a good, this is a good Bible nugget right here. Wait a minute, Peter. I just read in the book of Matthew chapter number 17 that you were on the Mount of Transfiguration. You saw Jesus transfigured, Moses and Elias, and then a voice from heaven that was God talking. And you're saying that you've got a more sure word? You've got something more sure than what you've seen with your eyes, Peter? Verse number 19, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts. Okay, Peter, well, what are you saying here? What's the more sure word than something you've seen with your own eyes? Verse 20, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. Verse number 21, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Peter is saying, that the Word of God is a more sure word of prophecy than what he actually saw with his own eyes. And why is that? Verse number 21 tells us, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. Man didn't write the Bible. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost came and indwelt those men that wrote the Bible. All 40 of them. I, I think there was around 40 writers. I don't have the information right in front of me, but I think there was around 40 writers all the way from people who gathered sycamore fruit until people who sat on the king's throne wrote the Bible. But it wasn't their writing. The Holy Ghost inspired them to write the book that you and I hold in our hands day in and day out. And Peter said that the Word of God is a more sure prophecy than something he saw with his own eyes.